Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, and boy, is it. Merry fucking Christmas, everyone. Winter is, in fact, blooming. It's here. Uh, here. It is here. Winter has come. Mm. Uh, I'm happy to celebrate today with a little bit of Game of Thrones. This is our rewatch podcast here on the Penny Bloom podcast, and today we are doing Season 6, Episode 8, titled No One. It premiered on June 12th, 2016. It was written by D&D, David Benioff, and D.B. Weiss, and directed by Mark Mylod. I am Colton Robertson, and I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? It is always a pleasure to be here. Love the the peppermint hot chocolate is uh, feeling yeah. very, very nice right now. Very festive. It's been a while since I've had. I got my little slippies on, you know. Mm. I'm, I'm nice and cozy. I got the yeah. baby Yoda. I got the Grogu pajamas. I got the, yeah. the comfy shirt and sweatshirt. Something, something just so feeling... Christmassy about PJs. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. But uh, no, uh, D&D was looking celebrate. seven years into the future, seven and a half years into the future. And we're like, mm-hmm. let's preemptively give Joseph and Colton a Christmas gift, which is the best thing we've ever actually written. Um, this is true. Yeah, it's, you know, definitely not a Christmas vibe. Uh, episode it, in fact it has some like classic thriller and horror um in here a little bit with like the waif and Arya and shit yeah. at the end um and then also the mountain literally ripping a dude's head off of his body with his bare hands merry um, fucking and, christmas yeah love the christmas vibes but a a very good gift from them indeed because they cooked um they cooked with this I one i usually I'm, i usually hate i usually hate uh, I mean, not completely. It's usually a decent episode, you know. It's never like outwardly terrible up to this point. Um, but um, this was an exceptionally well written episode, and I think to this point, at least the best episode they've written off book. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this is this is the tippy top of the season so far. Um. In my like, this is my favorite of of the season. I think it will be beaten out next week. Yes. yes. However, uh, and then probably again, um, in the finale. I'm not sure, uh, but but no, this one this one was a a great surprise. It was a one that I was just kind of like, all right, it's another stepping stone towards Battle of the Bastards. Um, and and then I got a full a full experience. I mean, it felt like a movie on it. Like I don't know. It, it didn't feel long, like, in any way, I guess. Like, it wasn't ever stretching. I wasn't ever like, okay, let's get on with it. But halfway through the episode, I was like, we could, like, I was thinking, like, it was almost over. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. it's either almost over, and then I check the, you know, the timeline, and I'm like, there's still 
There's like f- fifteen to twenty minutes left. Whenever like the what would usually be a cliffhanger, which is Daenerys showing back up, yeah, in Marine, yeah, like that would usually be the end of an episode, and that's mm-hmm. just like a little thing here. I guess she's um, back. She's back, and no, we still got more with Arya to do. We still got yeah. more. I think with the Blackfish to yes, do. Yes, yes. Um, and maybe that's before. Uh, uh, I think it's a little maybe. after, but, um, uh, but man, but, no, this uh, it, it just was so stacked. Um, like I and honestly, like the big events that happened, yeah, Danny shows back up in Marine, and the slave, you know, they're they're coming. The ships are there. That's pretty big. The Blackfish and you know River Run gets taken. Like mm-hmm. other than that, it's like it's just conversations. It's just like very slow. Um, just as far as. In everyone impacting the world at large yes i was like yeah, arya has got a pretty big big one this episode um this is true i guess uh yeah big yeah i guess i guess some some shit does go down it's um, a pretty biggie it's a, a lot of reunions though um mm. that we got you know this episode too it was, it was it, nice it, and if you're uh if you're ready i say we uh, go ahead and dig on in oh yeah um for That's a little cool. christmas feast that will begin where this episode ends in bravos okay. wherein the acting troupe are once again performing the bloody hand with Lady Crane playing Cersei mourning the death of Joffrey. And unlike the previous version, she has taken Arya's advice to heart. Mm-hmm. She's playing it with a little bit more animosity, a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a, a, a villainous rage behind her eyes. And it's, uh, it's incredible. It, it looks, it, this is, this is quite the actress here. Um, it's, it's, it's always funny whenever an actress is playing an actress and is doing incredibly at playing a good actress. Cause that just means they're just a good actress, you know? Um, so many levels to this. And I love that Aria is just like Aria Stark, the director, um, of, of the, you know, or I don't know right. if it's really a director that would like give this line or give this sort of bit of information to be like, Hey, Try this, actually. Cersei would be more like this. Is that, that a is, That is the director's job, okay. yes. Yeah, so we got we got Arya Stark, you know, maybe not in the acting um, business, but I think she's got it in the direct, you know, she's she like, does. yeah. She's, she, uh, she has a sense for character, and, you yeah. know. Um, and it's, it's always funny whenever an, an actual actor has to say, I would be terrible at acting. Um, and yeah, like, right. But like, she has to act like she would be bad at acting. But she's currently acting while doing that in a very highly accredited show. Yeah. I, I do believe this was Maisie Williams' first ever Emmy nomination um, in her career. Um, oh. That she got I, on IMDb, I believe. Hey, um, it's well earned. She does incredibly yeah. in this episode. I'm sure she will not go without her recognition in the favorites part of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, after uh, after this scene here. Lady Crane walks off the stage where she sees Arya, who's been nursing her injuries at the hands of the Waif and seeking refuge with the only ally she's even kind of made um, in Bravos that won't try to kill her. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we we cut to her being treated by Lady Crane, and they have a uh, they have a brief conversation about what they're going to do in the future, and remarking on the fate of mm-hmm. her rival actress Bianca. Um, and Lady Crane asks Arya to join the play company. Come on, go to Pentos with us. You got, you got a knack for this. it. Yeah. Wow. Look at you, Arya. You could travel with us everywhere. Uh, actually, uh, you'd be in 
grave danger. I'm sorry. I got involved yeah. with the Actually, wrong people team. really want me to die. Uh, yeah. who? She doesn't have a name. And at that point, you got to know Lady Crane being in Bravos. Yeah. She's like, oh, where are you going? Oh. Literally, she's like, oh, where are you going? Because you have yeah. to leave. Um, yeah. There's no other option you have. I thought, yeah, I thought that it was implied. She's like, yep, I understand and completely. This is where we, uh, we get the little, the line that lays the groundwork for the conclusion of Arya's character. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. what's what, you know, we all, we all seen the maps, but you know, what's west of Westeros? Nobody knows. That's where the maps end. Um, Let's go, Arya. Christopher, the little Christopher Columbus in you, you know, well, hopefully a better person than Christopher Columbus. Hopefully, probably, hopefully. I imagine she would be. I mean, she's got she's got a little murder on her mind, but not just true. because they're in a certain place. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, at a certain time, you know. Yeah. The director. Uh, Explorer. Um, she's got a lot of titles. I, I, mm. I you know, uh, Night King Killer. I was gonna say uh, the killer, the. I mean that in the what in the entire planet that is the, kill. the killer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, she's Arya Stark, man. Um, yeah. No, I love I loved that shit. And uh, Lady Crane tries to give Arya the milk of the poppy, which Arya first rejects, but mm -hmm. accepts after being told that sleep is the only way for the wound to heal. Mm -hmm. And uh, the following morning, Lady Crane is standing on a chair, fetching some medicine from a high shelf. Uh, when, you know, when, when she steps up and you get the, I mean, the wave, there was some incredible classic horror yeah. imagery with her. Yeah. Um, and this one, Faye Marseille was just, just spot on, just wonderful. Uh, loved, loved her in this role. Um, I texted you last night that she has this, uh, this energy that mixes, uh, Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise yes. and the two creepy ass twins from the shining. And you just roll all that up into one person. And it's a little, it's the way little, little head tilt too, that she does yeah. sometimes the, the stopping and pausing, you know, when she's like, mm. I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Maybe we should let it happen naturally, but, but man, yeah, that's just no, this it's... episode's so good. I want to, I want to just get yeah, to but it all. Lady Crane steps up on that chair and she's just like in the room, you know, like she's just there and, uh, mm. you know, she sees, she sees someone in her room and Aria wakes up startled by a crash and she finds Lady Crane brutally murdered, uh, impaled onto the legs of the chair. Uh, she had been standing on, um, yeah. and yeah, Eesh. and the waif is like, yeah, so if you'd have done it, she'd have died peacefully, but look at, look at her now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, just psychological warfare as well, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still here to kill you, Arya, but before I do that, let me let you know how bad you should feel. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm actually supposed to be. You know, uh, we are now in a place, a territory where she is gaining an extra face. Mm -hmm. There, there. I'm pretty sure all Jockin informed her of was, if she's not going to kill Lady Crane, you must kill her. Not also kill Lady Crane. Uh. Um. So we, I think we see here that the waif isn't exactly abiding by the I ways. See. She's not of, no one. Uh, yeah, she she's not, not no one. No one. That's why mm -hmm. she has her own urges, her own wants. Mm -hmm. Wow, I've never, I've never put that together. Yes, um, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, she was definitely not supposed to kill Lady Crane. In uh -huh. fact, Lady Crane would not have been a problem at all. Um, she the shit out of Bianca, 
And yeah. Bianca's gone, you know? Like, she's not telling anybody that the mm. didn't follow through, you know? I think that's probably their worry of why they need to they need to get rid of people is so that it doesn't go around that they don't back up what they're, what they're talking yeah. about. No, they're about it. They're about it. And Arya knows that. So she goes ahead, jumps out of a window, and does a superhero landing on the street, which was pimp. Um, what the fuck is in Milk of the Poppy, dog? Because no. you can go from getting sliced and gutted to just... Landing out of a two-story window like nothing. I Yo, was she like, was oh. like at least twenty feet up in the air. Uh, I mean, and damn, I mean, I don't. Maybe Arya's just got it like that. I mean, she was. And then she crazy. does this thing where I'm like, uh, you, like she's running and running and running, and she slides under that wagon mm-hmm. on her stomach, and oh. I'm like, oh no, you. Yeah. What do you, I mean? What are you thinking? You know, I don't, I don't know. A lot of weird decisions she's making in this moment to just leap off of things. She doesn't care right now. She's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just pure adrenaline that she, you know, she's just running. But she just, she decides to jump off incredible heights into. She doesn't know where she's even going at some points. Uh, mm. She just, she just goes. Um, but I mean, when you got the waif kind of running at you yeah like. you kind of got to throw caution to the wind she does know that her best chance you know and there's also the other fact where she has a place in mind where she ends up is her goal uh, you know yeah like yeah, so yeah. it is it's almost luring uh the waif into her demise you know like Getting almost it. making it seem like she's weakening herself weakening yeah. herself she leaves a trail of blood you know, she does all this to get back to where she was at the end of uh, wow. not last episode, but the episode before, I think. Yeah, um, it's the same room. You are totally right. No, that's- I was like whenever you were like, I don't remember what happens. I was like, oh, I think I said like last week or the week before I was like, if you don't remember what happens after this one, you're not going to remember till you see it because it is that room. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah. wow. No, wow. wonderful chase, wonderful chase sequence. Faye Marseille, uh, Arya does a wonderful job. Uh, Macy Williams does a wonderful job, mm-hmm. and Faye Marseille does incredibly. As whenever she like walks out of the door through the shadows after Arya jumps out the window, um, yeah, oh that, yeah. oh that one. Whenever the first running out, yeah, yeah. No, that, I was thinking when she's closing the door in that room, and she, oh yeah, uh, in the, just silhouetted, and she does a little, little head tilt like, yeah. uh, hello, um. But no, yeah, that whole chase. It's so wild that she also plays a character as likable and as awesome as Bell Sartha in Andor. Yeah, an amazing um, rebel, like a star- yeah. start, the literal start of the rebellion. Like it, it's just, in- just incredible range on on Faye Marseille, man. Like I had no idea, you know. And uh, I was, it was kind of reemphasized to me in this episode specifically. I thought I think she's done, she's done good work as the waif in the last season and some change. Um. But no, nothing like, nothing like this. This is far and away the best performance she's given. Um, she get, she gets the most time to shine. It's so physical. It's so because I mean, we we also see Vel and Andor run. She yeah. does not run the way that the waif runs. Like this is this is a, this is an in character sprint. Yeah. You know, like uh, there's a really there's a physicality to her performance that is also really really spot on and uh i i i fucking loved it but uh 
Mm. Yeah, that like that shot when she finds herself down below and then you see her run up on the the wall oh, above and then jump down. Yes, uh yes. fucking gnarly. Dude, um they were man. Who so I guess that's more of is that D and D? Like is that on them or is that like cinematography there? Like there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of everything going around around there. I mean in terms of riding this chase there is a certain element to the characterization that they have to have written in um mm-hmm. the places they are has to be the case the decision to jump down mm-hmm. like she's going to be above and she's going to jump so and and that is on them the way they shoot it is on the director and the cinematographer like they they put the idea before them and then they get to go and fucking make that happen as well as it possibly can on screen. Um, and I'd be willing to wager that, you know, location scouting is extremely important in that. There's nothing that, you know, like uh, they there's a chance that maybe this wasn't part of the script until they found the location where they were going to do it. And they were like, mm. oh, shit, what if we did this? Like, there's all sorts of That's shit true. that could have gone into yeah. this, you know, Um Man, but well uh, regardless, this chase sequence uh, is definitely more on the editor, the uh, the cinematographer, the director, more so than the writer, uh, and obviously the performers. But uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just it's just a wonderful reminder of how much goes into making television. Like, yeah, to make a yeah. chase sequence like this, this probably stunt. I don't know. You think that stunt was all performers? Yeah, that's not Fame or Say that yeah, jumps no down. Way. You know, yeah, no way. That's them. Like taking the fall that Arya has on those steps, like, with mm-hmm. all the fruit and stuff, like, I'm yeah. assuming the fruit was just to, like, break the fall a little bit, because they right. were, I think they were actually just falling down no, yeah, those that's, steps. That's, that's part of a stuntman's job. There's some right. wonderful behind-the-scenes footage of John Wick Chapter 4. You're talking about falling downstairs. Wait until you see John Wick Chapter 4. Um, God. Oh, God. Yeah. No, they fall. They oh, fall well, down. Some fucking, take it to they that. fall down some fucking stairs in that one. Uh, but uh, is it like the Joker steps? You know that he takes his dance on. Is it yeah, like a little that? bit, a little bit, but even like way taller. Um, it's in Paris. It's it's ridiculous. But um, there's one wow. even earlier in the movie, which is already a ridiculous stunt, where he like rolls down an escalator. And I mean, Ooh. like it's a normal size escalator. Wow. Um, and there's no there's there's no way to fake that. It's yeah. just this dude tumbling and tumbling and tumbling until he gets to the bottom. And he gets to the bottom, he just gives a thumbs up, like, "Yep, we're good." You know, like, uh, that's that's some people's fucking job. That's why I think there should absolutely be an Emmy and Oscar category for stunt work. It's insane oh, that there's yeah. not. Um, wow, there isn't. No, yeah, that's that's like. They're kind of like the linebackers of football. They they do all the work yes. but none of the credit, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, they, I don't know. They're at the the flashy quarterback, the actor, and the the, the receivers and running back. They get yeah, all the credit. Yeah. But the defense, but, though, you know. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I get you. I get yeah. you. That's a that's exactly it. But uh, yeah, no, incredible stunt work, incredible editing, just a wonderful chase sequence all around. But uh, yeah, landing hard, her wound reopens and she flees into an alleyway and she uses her bloody hand to leave a trail to a doorway, luring the waif into a darkened room that is only lit by a candle. The waif soon catches up with her and closing the heavy door, the waif tells Arya that she can choose to die on her knees or on her feet. And Arya rises to her feet, retrieving the sword needle which she had placed there a couple episodes earlier. And with one quick slice of needle, she she cuts off the top of the candle, 
and the room is plunged into total darkness. Um, yeah. I don't know. what One line from the Waif that I, I thought could have been a little harder was this, I already told you, that was, that's not going to help you when she picks up Needle. It is very much mm-hmm. obviously going to help her in this fight right now. Like, there's there's no... There's no situation where this does not help her cause uh, right. to defend yeah. herself. Like, this is literally, like, unarmed or I guess, Aiden. I guess or. it literally, I, I took it as badass in that she is telling her there is nothing you can do with that sword that could be, that can affect okay. me. Like, you, yeah, are oh, as, okay. you are as useless with the sword as you are oh, with damn. that. Oh, um, damn. Is it, okay, maybe that is kind of hard then. No, it's a little, I mean, like, it's not because she immediately gets dealt away with, um, because I mean, the, she taught her how to fight with her eyes closed. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's like easy money, you know. But now I don't have a bamboo stick. I have a sword. I have needle with me this time. Good luck, bitch. Yeah, cut, I'm gonna cut off your fucking face now. Thank you very much. Oh, I'd, it was, I mean, I love the way it ended. Like, I love that we don't even see it. Like, it's, it's just yeah. implied. It is just completely implied um and like i wonder on first watch like if some people thought that that was actually macy williams face up on the pillar like that shows up that it's like it looks like the wave but like i just knew it was the wave you know like rewatching. but like that's I a wonder, good point there is a vague like, like it's kind you of, don't really I don't know, know. Who it is. a face yeah. is you know without eyeballs and a mat like it's just Empty eyeballs and empty mouth. It's kind of like yeah, I don't it's know. A fucking, it's a skin sack, basically. They're both younger women, anybody. but yeah. like they're both around the same age. No hair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, for we, sure. We know who it is. Um, yeah, no, it's wonderful. And uh, later on, Jock and Agar enters the Hall of Faces to find a trail of blood, and he eventually finds that Arya has murdered and ripped off the waif's face and stuck it on one of the shelves. And Arya has also gouged out the waif's eyes, um, which I think might be the number one sign that it's Arya's doing. It's kind of like we've learned this is kind of a go-to for her. Uh, it's um, bleeding from the eyes straight yeah, up. Yeah, I like, took uh, that more of just like a it's fresh. Like it, it is fresh off. Like usually they do a lot of cleaning probably. Right. Uh, that's that's fair. Put, like, And that's probably more no. likely it. Um, but Arya has shown the ability to gouge out eyes, and that's something. Oh no, she, she does. definitely did that. I'm headcanning um, that for sure. She sliced her up, and then while she was still alive, got on top of her and was like, "You know, you can't see, but now, you know." I don't know. She said some hard bar while she's crushing her her eyes. That that definitely happened. We need right. the oh yeah for sure. We need the director's um, cut. But um, I forgot just how much like the first time you were watching this whole sequence how worried you are that you are about to lose aria yes you yeah. know um yeah like it's it is not going her way until no end. until she it's plot twist was going my way the whole time you didn't even fucking know uh but nevertheless we got we get to my favorite scene here where jock and, yeah. and aria stand together here and aria confronts him you know you sent the wave to kill me and he's like yep yeah i did uh and he then tells aria you know but she's there, and here you are. You have finally become no one. You have passed the test. You may join the Faceless Men. A little bit of a, uh, Maybe in my like, opinion, uh, Yoda to Ahsoka during that whole, uh, like, uh, uh, whenever she got framed 
for bombing hey, the Jedi hey, Temple. I know we fucked up, right? I know, but like, hey. But now you've passed your trials. You know, like, uh, you're you can get in. The gold, you get the gold star. Uh, yeah. you, get the, you get the title. Um, yeah, it, it, a little bit. Um, the, the smile afterwards, though, leads me to believe. No, it's definitely. This he knows was, exactly how this is all going to go. Yeah. This was part of the plan. Um, well, and just think of how far we've come with Jock and Agar and Arya Stark. Remember when Jock and met Arya? That's like season two. It's so long ago. Is that a coincidence? He pops up in that random prison cart right where she is, you know? And then leads her all along. And then right when she says, I'm going home, he finally smiles. Is no, it, is I it- don't believe. I don't believe so. And here's why. Um, there is a lot of talk in a later storyline about we're here for a reason. There's a reason that I get brought back. There's a reason that he's given me the ability, and there's a reason that you are here with us. If you will take note, all of those men, the reason they're still alive is because of their connection and the way that they affect Arya Stark. Um, so, we come back to the circle of the Lord of Light, the Seven, Faceless God, or Many-Faced God. They're the same fucking guy, and they're communicating to the people who believe in them in in the same fucking, like, they're like, okay, it doesn't fucking matter. Here's what I'm going to tell Jockin. Here's what I'm going to tell these motherfuckers. Here's what I'm going to do with the, you know, like. uh, It's got to be different. It, it's just, they, mm-hmm. they're they're like attuning to the culture of yeah. the people. And it's exactly. just like, there's some well, higher power working clearly. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, like that's, that's the one thing about game of Thrones that you cannot deny is that there is obviously a God at work. Um, it's hilarious that that's, I can't think of many other shows where you can like be like, well, obviously there's a higher power affecting yeah. everything. Obviously um, God exists. Um, in this yeah, show. Exactly. Very, yeah. Just a, a very crazy thing to say. Um, but no, it's it's definitely true here. There's there's a, I think it's just George R. R. Martin. Um, if he had to, you know, write himself a god, I feel like he would just call it George or something. Yeah, I don't right, know. Um, right. It's just but, the writers, uh, dude. Um, maybe, but no, this, she goes when when he goes, you are finally no one. And she goes, no, I am Arya Stark of Winterfell, and I'm going home. Chill's talking about it right now. Tears in my eyes when she said it. I was like, okay, yep, that's my scene. I wanted to go with Arya for the character, but there's another one I could give it to, so I did. Um, You'll get it anyways. Uh, She got it from me. Um, So, yeah, she she got it. She, I mean, come on. And the little, the little, the proud moment, you know, the little, the tiniest little grin from Jockin and then Arya being like, Arya, like, responding, you know, like, all right, so you're not going to kill me. Cool, actually, good. Yeah, huh? you've done. Uh, you, you knew yeah. exactly where I needed to be and what I needed yep. to do, huh? Wow. Okay. You know what? You know what? Thanks, Josh. You just it was forced little... me into a weapon as a gift, as a favor. You were like, "What if we? What if I made this random chick just a really, really awesome killer?" Um, dude, yeah. There's no way that was, dude. It was. It was. There's. Damn. I think there's clear. I mean, like, because we see that the red, and obviously. Again, it's all interpretation. Red yeah. woman, uh, the 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 priestesses over in mm-hmm. uh, Marine and such. You know, like it's it's a it's a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the gods aren't going. 
Hey, uh, so here's the deal. You gotta, you gotta do this thing. You gotta do this thing. Exactly. Um, Jock and May have just perceived it as a sign. Meeting Arya was the sign, you know, not necessarily like you have to be in the right place at the right time, but like meeting Arya and then running into her again. And the way that she's kind of talking to him, maybe he's like, Oh, this is, there's something here. Um, so. A wonderful conclusion to an underrated storyline, I think. I don't think that storyline gets a lot of love or enough love, but that forging of Arya, I think the way it culminates is one of the better endings of a storyline in the entire show. It's like it gives you everything you want. The waif dies, Jockin doesn't, and it's a good goodbye. Arya gets to go home, and she has dreams to go west of Westeros as well, and oh yeah, she can kill anyone she wants to. Because she's fucking like that now. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, I, this is a win-win all around. The only loss is that, like, we're not in Bravos anymore. Bravos is just kind of cool. We don't see that play. We don't see Lady Crane. I guess, yeah, we, we lost Lady Crane. That did, did stink. Um, R.I.P. Lady Crane. But we did just meet Lady Crane, and, you know, we know she's going to die. Or is What's that, that it? Does Jockin ever come back around, or is that it? Jockin is no longer a part of the show. Jockin is done, no if, I, if I recall faith. correctly. Reveals, um, you know. No. Arya's the only one who uses uh, faces from here on out. There's I'm no fairly one. certain that that's the case. I don't... Uh, I wow. don't recall him recurring in season seven and season eight. Um, yeah, no, this was uh, wow. this was it. That's um, it. That is it. I recall all sorts of theorizing about how he could come back up in season eight, but that just you know nothing nothing anyone theorized came back around in season eight. Um, That's true. Yeah, I think every, every theory was off. Yeah. Um, but man, no this this one's uh, one of one of my favorite storylines just in the whole show in general. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't understand why people don't like this. This is fucking. Mm, I love Arya, and this is like her. She's finally like reached her. She's already been rising. That's for sure. I don't know. She's already been been heating up, but she is. She's, she's the one that sneaks up on you the most, though. Here, you know, like it's like all of a sudden she's been so distant from everything, you know, to where you don't even really comprehend how she could affect. Yeah anything you know but when she delivers this line i'm Arya stark and i'm going home and now she's a weapon now she is a trained killer and she is going home what what are we about to get into with her you know like that's what's that's what's so fucking awesome about it but uh yeah that concludes the storyline in bravos and i don't believe we ever return um damn Damn, maybe man. maybe in the season six finale to show her sailing away, but besides that, I think this might be it for Bravos. I don't think we go back. Um, season yeah, seven and eight, isn't that in Bravos? Maybe the Golden Company hire you know from the Iron. Okay, Bay. okay, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe something there. Um, but that'd probably be it. Like just a cut to be like, we have to send the Golden. I'm like Bay. maybe the Iron Bank in some capacity, but. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, now we're in Marine, where in the streets of Marine, the Red Priestesses preach that Daenerys Targaryen has been sent by uh, somebody. Uh, it's R apostrophe H L L O R. Roar! Yeah. Is enunciation over here? Alternatively known as the Lord of Light. We'll go with that. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, wow. I I mean, you gotta Roar. say it like a red woman would. You know, Roar. they have that like accent to it. It's like a rar kind Just of roar. Um, but uh. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's been sent to end slavery. Um, and Tyrion Lannister and Varys enter the marketplace where they debate the merits of Tyrion's hiring fanatics to keep order on Marine. And Varys is leaving on a expedition because Daenerys needs friends in Westeros. And he parts uh. with Tyrion before reaching the docks at his expedition. And, uh, you know, his expedition would not remain secret if he was seen with the most famous dwarf in the city. And as he God. leaves, Tyrion corrects him. The most famous dwarf in the world. That's goddamn right, Peter Dinklage. You talk your, that's not a Game of Thrones line. That's a in real life line right there. Mm-hmm. It works on so many different levels. And call me Elf one more time. It just it felt so good. Uh both of my both of my lines, it's either that one or before. Just more of a philosophical line. Of Varys just going going had a bar. Um Tyrion's like, Yeah, no, dude, look at the city. We're 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 on we're doing good. And he's like, yeah, you made a pact with fanatics, dude. Um, and he's like, yeah, but it worked. And then Vera says, if you shaved your beard with a straight razor, you'd say it worked. That doesn't mean it won't cut your throat. Um, it's just hard. a, a hard bar. Yeah. Um, but I, I gotta give it to, to Peter Dinklage here just yeah, because it, it feels worth in the world. I don't know. Uh, he's just, he is right. Triumph, um, like it's almost like it, a really triumphant moment, like on screen and behind him, the scenes it, a little bit. Like it felt good, like seeing Peter Dinklage's face. Like it felt like he, it, it felt really good for him to say, and like Varys gives this like this smile and nod back to him. And I was like, oh my god! I was like, yeah. wow, that just that just felt kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it so, did. It really uh, did. Yeah, I'll, I'll land Do there. you recall who Varys is going to get? Yeah, what the fuck? Where is he going? Secret mission. If I recall correctly, Arya. I was gonna say the Starks. Does he go to Jon Snow and Davos and yeah, the uh, fuck the Northmen? What does Varys do? See, seasons. Yeah, he's his wiki is quite long. Where's season six? Yeah, here, here I can tell you when the next time we see him is. Um. We see him in the finale of this season, so he does at least get to Westeros. The Sand Snakes? Ferris promises fire and blood oh, to Olenna. Yes, he goes to Dorne. He gets Dorne on their side uh, because they have no love for the Lannisters. This dude just gets around, dog. Mm-hmm. Damn. Crossing the Narrow Sea and going all the way south. Um, damn. Okay, Varys. Um. Wow, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Oh my god, his fit goes hard in Dorn. I'm looking at it. Uh, it looks very Japanese-inspired. Mm. Wow, okay, Varys. Yeah, I, I had no idea. He was like, secret mission. I'm like, wait a minute. What? I mean, it is pretty secretive, because I, I have no idea what I, you're talking I, about. I could hardly recall. Um... <laughs> but, huh. Okay, but, uh... yeah, going down to Dorn. Yeah, later on, Tyrion meets up with uh, Grey Worm and Missandei at the Great Pyramid, and he offers to share drinks with them to celebrate the resurgence of the city. And when they expect, express a reluctance, Tyrion convinces them to do it in honor of their queen. And uh, Finally. Grey Worm complains of the taste, while Tyrion boasts of starting up his own vineyard 
once Daenerys has conquered the Seven Kingdoms. Oh, and you know, uh, another Arya. I want to go west to west. Another dream. You know, they're, <laughs> they're like their their aspirations. It's I don't know. It felt this is a feel good episode all around. I love like a little bit more Christmassy than you would have guessed. There we um, go. There we go. Now there were obviously talking. some hyper violence, but beyond that, yet. we haven't gotten to. I guess the killing of the waif was pretty violent, but we didn't see it. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. I mean, we saw her dismembered face. Yeah, true. Um, uh, <laughs> bleeding from the eyes and mouth. Yeah. Um, but and regardless, Lady Crane. Yeah, kind of forgot yeah. about her. Oops. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, impaled on a chair. But okay, whatever. Um, Merry Christmas. Um. Yeah, but uh. No, it's this is this is a a great Christmas scene. This is actually one of my potential um potentials for the scene here for the episode. Um I just I love just Masande actually gets a chance to just not be so serious and translate or just do whatever. She's like, I don't know, just being herself, like actually laughing and is um like they're just making jokes. Tyrion just finally getting him to drink. You know, he's been unsuccessful. Um, finally, they're they're being human uh, for the first time. Um, and no, I, I loved it. I loved the 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 whole little interaction here, man. You know, mm-hmm. Grey Worm and Masande telling jokes. Uh, yeah. You know, he he asks them to tell jokes, and they they claim they don't know how. And he makes a joke about Westerosi lords. Um, you know, oh. spit it out, you wee shit. Um, it's out. Yeah. The oh man, he's the a Stark this- Lord. Um, didn't land you know not not this crowd like, i suppose that would I make mean, more sense if you are a high-born westerosi um yeah. but uh gray worm you know he expresses his puzzlement and it becomes clear he doesn't know what a joke is um and masande explains then realizing she is enjoying the wine uh as as Tyrion asks you know you you, you digging it over and she's like yes very much um wow this is actually kind of cool mm-hmm. uh more jokes you know she's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean like we're looking at two grown-ass people who have never had alcohol so like uh yeah i mean maybe they've probably had alcohol but they don't drink so you know a a glass of wine um but that'll fucking do it to you that's Um, true i guess first off yeah like never drinking ever one glass is act i mean that's probably they'll get you going they'll get you going yeah that's some strong shit. They're not fucking around back then. They all they all died early for a reason, you know. Um, even if you were healthy, your liver wasn't. Um, right. I, I love the. Uh, this is the second time we get the uh, the jackass in a honeycomb joke interrupted um, at the end here. Whenever you know Grey Worm has to be like, oh, uh, yelling and shit's going on, so I gotta go. But like the. The honeycomb and jackass joke. I, mm-hmm. I wanted. I was like, I remember. I thought it comes back around, and I thought like we get the answer, and it does. It does come back around. Um, does it say the episode in which the third? This is the second time. The first one was he was talking to Lysa Aaron apparently, mm-hmm. um, and he got interrupted. It's, it's when he's on trial. Ah, um, that's right. I once okay. walked into a brothel with a jackass and a honeycomb. Yes. Uh, and he gets cut off before he can okay. finish. And this is the second time. And then let's see, the third. Uh does it say? Um I don't know, it just it gives the explanation of it. Um and it's it's just incredible that he was 
Asked about the jackass and honeycomb, he tells about a genie granting him three wishes. So mm-hmm. that his first was to give his wife a home fit for a queen. So the genie gave her a honeycomb. His second wish was to have the finest ass in the land. So the genie gave her a donkey. And his third wish was for his tool to hang down past his knees. So the genie shrunk his legs and turned him into a dwarf. Yep. Um, wow. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I love, I love Peter Dinklage so much. And I, I did almost go with him for performance mm. just because it, it was like funny. And like, it got me to, and the, the line of the most famous dwarf in the world, I almost did yeah. it. Um, but I think we'll get to a more worthy performance. Nah, to, to be but, sure. But I love, I loved the Masande translator joke and, you know, oh, and Tyrion yeah. being like, oh, that's funny. And Grey Worm's uh, like, that was the worst joke I've ever heard. Yeah. And she says, you don't even know what a fucking joke is. And he goes, I, I am soldier all my life. You think I do not know a joke? Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Masande and Grey Worm laugh. Masande laughs a little. She's like, what? He goes, I do joke. Um. <laughs> God, out of this, I don't know. It was, it was just great. I mean, Grey Worm just... I mean, they're, they're kind of like dating, you know? He oh, was yeah. so rude, man, you know? Like, just so judgmental, like, immediately. Hey, he's blunt, he's, man. Guess, yeah, maybe that's just the way he is, you know? He's he's just an honest man. That was the worst joke I've ever heard. In the tone, too, he said it, though. It was like, it was worst almost joke I've like... Ever heard. Yeah, he was um, like, that was the worst fucking joke I've ever I, heard. I view it as him setting up the pull uh, through of his joke. Okay, um, okay, that yeah. that he does not know what a joke is was the joke. Um, that's fair. But that's uh, fair. at least that's my head cannon. But uh, before Tyrion could tell another joke, they hear the sound of of bombardment. Mm-hmm. And looking out at the ramparts, they see a large fleet of ships from Astapor, Yunkai, and Volantis. And Masande tells Tyrion that the slavers have come to reclaim their property. And by evening, the slavers' feet, uh, fleet are using uh, trebuchets to bombard the city, causing much damage to Marine. And admitting that, it's, that uh, dis- diplomacy has failed, Tyrion lets uh, Grey Worm take command of the battle, and Grey Worm proposes defending the pyramid instead of fighting on the beach. And at that point, yeah. they hear movement on the roof. And after venturing out onto the balcony, I love the progression of this scene, where they mm. like slowly move out there, and then the unsullied like take a knee, and a bow yes. before their queen, bro. Yes. Fucking oh, loved dog. that, dog. Yeah, you're right. This would have been like the end of an episode. Like totally, it felt like it. Dan- I guess Daenerys and Amelia Clark just have a way of of doing that. Um, in this show, it's just kind of a very easy, easy money cliffhanger for for the episode to end on. Um, but, but they do have the Arya one, mm-hmm. which that was hard. That went way harder. Yeah, uh, yeah. went way. But, and that's the thing is that like this moment, it it it's impressive just what Amelia Clark's and Daenerys's presence is. Like that is the moment, you know. Like it. Yeah. They just, all look at her and they're yeah. like, I, Tyrion sees her. Even Tyrion sees her and is like, oh, you know, yeah, like Tyrion hardly is. fucking knows this woman, you know, like. uh yeah. They're, like, Varys and Tyrion were talking, they're like, she has to come back. She will come back. Varys is literally, he said, like, my heart's been broken too many times. He yeah. will come back. And, like, that's all they're hoping for. And at the sight of her, everyone is just like, 
Thank God. Dude, you incredible. know, they're just like, oh my incredible. God. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and then I love how you can see Drogon just flying away in the background. He's just, uh, he's dipping for now. Um, see ya. Dropped you off, mom. I'll see you later. I'm going to go do, I'm gonna go do even, my thing. I'm I got to go find people shit. and goats to eat. I'm not even going to deal with these ships that are shooting your pyramid right now. I'm just going to go fucking. Hey, eat. he knows she needs them. You know, that's, uh, that's all. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, they come back. They come back. They do. Around. They do. But uh, that concludes the story in Marine, and we top off the episode. Oh, no, 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 no. We got two locations left. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, King's Landing and the Riverlands. But uh, we'll start in King's Landing, where inform Cersei that the Faith Militant have been permitted entry to the Red Keep and that they demand to see her. And she goes, Does the king know about this? And she's like, he, Kyburn's like, Yep, the king permitted it. Um, and she angrily gets up and leaves her room, and among the Faith Militant is Lancel who tells Cersei that the High Sparrow would like to speak to her in the Sept of Baelor. And Cersei's like, no, I'm probably not going to do that. Um, I went with Lena Headey. Yeah. Oh, um, this was all, this was another, this is my other contender for scene right here. Oh yeah. No, I, Lena Headey's performance in this, this scene alone is fucking the range she takes you on with her eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah, she barely says anything, really. You know, it blows just like, my fucking mind. It's, it's incredible what she can do. Like when she says, about- when she's like, "No," and then and then she goes, "You you have to come now." And she goes, "The High Sparrow said that I didn't have to until my trial." And like, there's like a genuine fear and concern yeah. in her eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know he he says, you know, there's there's no promise was made. You can either uh, step aside, or there will be violence. <laughs> and yes, there will. Cersei looks around and is like, "My line of the episode. Mm-hmm. I choose violence." Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you know how impactful and culturally significant a show this this line? is it's it's beyond this now that people say oh they woke up and chose violence today this is what that's from no yes this is where it started i choose choosing violence i choose violence is originated from this episode of television dude and that was seven years ago that's about when it started no way like that makes perfect sense. That's when people started saying that. Mm-hmm. Wow. They woke up this morning and chose violence. You know, oh, oh, he chose violence today. All right, I did. After talking through the scene of uh, Tyrion, Masande, and Grey Worm, I I nailed that down for my scene. But I'm switching. I'm going. I'm. I have to go with this. Uh, her using violence. Her delivery. Because- everything. Just, just, I choose violence, you know, and like, she's officially there. This is, yep, it's over. It is over. It's it's already perfect from her performance of it, but then we get to see the mountain actually go to work. The violence that was chosen here um, was rather abrupt. You know, Cersei, you know, the faith militant step forward and (laughs) Cersei moves and the mountain steps up. Uh, they bury a fucking axe in his chest, and it does nothing. Um, just tanks it. 
Absolutely unfazed. Just he takes this dude to the ground, pins him down, and then with his bare hands rips off a dude's head. uh, To which Cersei smiles. I Um, was trying to see. um, It was very quick, um, and my my TV remote's not fast enough to like pause frame by frame. But like, I was trying to see if his spine came with it. Um, because oh. there's like a there's like a blood it, it kind it, it's either a blood splat that is following his head or he ripped his whole like spine and his head you know like just skull yeah. and spine just came with it I don't I don't know but I, t- with, I, I, I took it as a blood trail I think he separated this bitch at the brain stem I um, think it was yeah that's probably it probably makes the most sense but like if you grab at the jaw I could see. Your oh yeah, I can't too. I can't too. In fact, yeah. I wish they would have taken it there. Uh, but I mean, the thing is, brutal, is that though. if they had, if they had taken it there, I think they would have emphasized that. That's like That's too true. cool. It would not um, have been that fast. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a little bit too cool of a detail for mm-hmm. them to have left out if it wasn't if it was not what they did. Uh, this or if is it wasn't very fair. Yeah. Um, You're, but yeah, uh, Lena Headey. Sure, but. You're, oh man! Yeah. I just heard her say it. I can't. I still am in in awe that that yeah. is where it started. This is like the Dark Knight's whole like uh you know you either die here or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I choose violence. Um, yeah, that's what this is from. Wow! And then also she delivers another hard line after he rips a head, you know, his head off, like saying mm. like. Oh, please tell uh, his high holiness that he can visit the Red Keep whenever he wants. Whenever he wants. Um, like it was, it was like okay. Um, yeah. Well, I finally it's a great to... little moment where they all the the High Sparrow has said several times, several times it would be an honor to die. We all want to die serving our 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 lords, our, our seven, and if they did. Do you think you see a spine? Is that what you're? I think I see a spine, dude. That's crazy. I mean, it's it. It's either a very thin spine. I mean, because it would be covered with blood. I mean, it's very slight. Oh, it's the chain that was around his neck. Oh, that's dope too, though. There's a chain around his neck, and it just yeah, the went. one with the seven, yeah. Because you hear a chain land. Gotcha. Um, you literally hear it land with the head. Uh, head oh, roll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I knew I saw something. I'm like, oh okay. man, I wish it was well, a that's spot. Some, that's some that's some cool ass symbolism, anyway. That the the whole seven pointed star came with it. Um, Damn. But uh, yeah, later on, yeah, I mean, Lena Hetty was just fucking electric in that scene, and. It gives her her 16th performance nod uh, for us, uh, which is quite a bit. Um, The queen. The queen. But uh, later on, Cersei, Kyburn, and the Mountain enter the Great Hall to find a large crowd there for a royal announcement. And Cersei asks Kevin Lannister why she was not informed. And Kevin bars her from standing beside her son and tells her that her place was in the gallery with the other ladies of the court. And uh, Cersei reluctantly takes her place there while the other women hurry aside, not wanting to be near her or the mountain. Um, <laughs> yes. For one, fuck Kevin. Two, 
it's like uh, sitting down at a lunch table and everyone leaving. You know, it's kind of kind of right. that, that the equivalent here. Uh, but Cersei doesn't give a fuck. She no, was like, she doesn't care. Is, she, in fact, like, she invites. Them. She doesn't want them to be next. She doesn't. Exactly. She walks into a group. She's like, "This is my spot. Um, I don't want any of you. I know all of you will leave. Yeah. Uh, thank you for my spot. Um, mm-hmm. Oh God, she's just. But uh, man, Tommen, poor poor little dude, just being manipulated on all sides. Um. The twin starts... pillars at which the world stands upon. You know, it's like the, the all crown can... and the faith are the two pillars that hold up this world. And should one collapse, so does the other. Um. Oh God! Yeah, it's it's. Oh, the man. father judges us all, and if we break his laws, we shall be punished. <laughs> oh God! It's too too good. He's God. It's it's a liter- Like that's all I'm hearing when he talks. Is just. What like was Tywell and my mommy? Uh, will have their trial at the Septa Bay War on the first day of the festival of Mama. And guess what, guys? Brand new rule, brand new <laughs> update dropping to the world in the Seven Kingdoms. Trial by combat, we're banning it. It's done. You can't no do it anymore. It is unfair. It's too OP. Uh, people have been abusing it. It's a bug. I'm done, and it's I'm done watching people it. get wet. Um, not fine. We gotta, we gotta stop that. Uh, so it's banned. Sorry, Mom. Uh, I Sorry. know that affected you the most, as you literally said last episode. I have the mountain. I am not okay. worried. Um, yeah. No longer yeah. worried. Um, <laughs> fucking Tommen, man, he's uh, just yeah. a baby out there, bro. Yeah. And I'm, I'm befuddled. That's how kingdoms were ruled, though, literally by this age of aged people. That's how it was back in the day. It's, in, it's incredible. And now we have ninety-year-olds. So I don't know what's better. Um, I don't know if I'd rather have Tommen or the current state of our government, but. Here's my thing, is that, like, obviously, Tommen is a child, and mm-hmm. he's extremely worried about his wife, um, and he's, his, his wife has his ear, and you got no doubt at this point that Marjorie also still has a vendetta for Cersei, you know, like, that's gotta be in play here, like. Oh, yeah. No, um, it's, it's definitely in play. I think it's it's also the High Sparrow in his ear as well. Oh, of course. Like, that's the the thing for me is that if the High Sparrow says something like this, I think it's not quite enough for him to basically kill his mom. Mm. Yeah. That's fair. You yeah. know, like, I, I'm pretty much the... I'm, I know that he doesn't know what the punishment would be, Pretty sure the punishment is death. They marched her through the streets naked for miles and miles and miles. If that's not the ultimate punishment, then the ultimate punishment is dying. You know, like, uh. This is fair. No. Yeah, 100. He, he walks out of the room knowing, like, that's, that's what he's implying. Like, that mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah. And no, therefore, I think Marjorie has a greater sway over him in that mm-hmm. regard than the High Septon would. But it's the them, like, Septon working together like, yeah. to make that happen. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Because I was going to say, like, it, it's purely the High Septon telling Marjorie, like, hey, do this. Like, convince Tommen to do this. But no, like, Mar- Marjorie would also be, like... Marjorie cool also is, like, like, the yeah, reason Marjorie is, is in this situation is because of Cersei. So, yeah, like... No walk- 
moment for her. She's clear. She has mm-hmm. brought Tommen in, so all of her sins are gone. You know, Marjorie's yeah. all good. So she's she's worried about nothing. No trial by combat. She doesn't need a trial by combat. There's no trial. Right. For her. So it's like, aha! Wow! Yeah. Wow! 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 Indeed. Yes, indeed. But uh, as the king leaves, Kyburn tells Cersei, who had been planning on calling for a trial by combat with Mountain as her champion that his little birds have been investigating an old rumor that she told him about, and that it was found to be much more than a rumor. Ooh. You talking about wildfire? Yes. This is a continuity error, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, like, she already, we already knew... She was the propelling force for production of wildfire to continue at the beginning of the show. Um, ah, I guess it kind of makes sense, because Tyrion was like, you're not doing it any longer. I'm taking it over. It's wraps. So maybe it's, like I, I'm getting maybe it's specifically under the sept is what yeah. she's looking for. You know, like I guess there's yeah, but yeah. She it's like, knows maybe she's like, was it still being made? Did Tyrion get rid of it? And is there some of it perhaps stored under the sept? And I think that's yeah. why Kyber's like. Yeah, it's actually, uh, we got it all exact. It, it's perfectly set up. Yeah, no, um, the, the thing for me is that. the way it said, I think it's implying that she didn't know there was wildfire under the city and she'd only mm-hmm. heard about it. Um, okay. Hmm. Uh, so I, I, I do think this is a continuity error and there is ways to talk your way around it for sure. Um, yeah, no, it does, it does seem weird though because I was instant, I, I, inst- that's what I felt. I was like, wait what i'm like she was literally because yeah, like Tyrion's moment with wildfire earlier this earlier in the show was you're no longer making this for my sister you're making this for me yeah. um oh it wasn't even telling cersei that it was telling the guy who made it yeah the pyromancer yeah oh damn okay um do you think cersei ever went down there to talk to the pyromancer probably the pyromancer came up to her so maybe she didn't know that there was just that, like, she never went down to the storage. Yeah, m- yeah, maybe she's, I mean, like, she doesn't, she's not one to get her hands dirty, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I've never, yeah, but it did seem, it did seem weird off rip, that's for sure. Here, um, let's see, I'm gonna check if, uh, this episode has, like, uh, any goofs on the IMDb mm, to see if people, like, mm-hmm. agree with me. Um, yeah, I, I, I never checked that section. Um, but yeah, none of them. None of them. Doesn't. None of the goofs here say that there are four, though. I'm not reading all that, though. It's a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah. Regardless, that concludes story in King's Landing. Um, brought me two of my favorites. I tried to spread the love as much as I could. Um, and I would have, yeah. but Lena Headey's too good, and I choose violence is too good of a line. So I ultimately uh, yeah, I went with that. I'm I'm hammering down that scene. I okay. love the the drinking one and the the idea of giving Grey Worm and Masande and Tyrion like another. It's it's happier, you know. It's it's a nicer moment. But this is a Game of Thrones moment. You know what I'm saying? Like this is. Uh... I saw Lena Headey at work, and I saw the Mountain at work um, yeah. at, in, in rapid succession. So I'm going with that one. It's a dub, yeah. Mm-hmm. But so we're next we're... in the Riverlands. Mm-hmm. This is our final location, where several men, including Gatness and Morgan, members of the Brotherhood Without Banners, who took part in the massacre of the villagers, are exchanging jokes over a campsite fire uh, while joking about sex. You know, uh, it's a, f- a hilariously homoerotic moment prior to it turning, mm-hmm. 
like into a joke um where this dude was teaching another man how to kiss and every dude's like looking like oh yeah is that how is that right um yeah, and I then i uh, tries to st- you take your middle finger shove it up her butt um mm-hmm. uh smells like pussy to me uh that was a uh, yeah i was like damn uh maybe a little tarantino-esque of uh let's just have this guy do some fucked up shit so that whenever the the hound comes in and just absolutely butchers these guys. Comically. You know? um, comically. Oh, that's he right. Gives, he does. Mm. He gives uh, the dude who t- makes this joke a gash between his thighs. Um, uh, a lot fell was, out. Uh, um, that was... Oh, man. But... Wow. The the first just clean decapitation, you know, the just the, I think he even did it with like one hand too or something. Yeah, just, I don't know. Just just clean head off and then just the other guy, the one dude that was I don't know, just a young guy, he was like just so scared, he was frozen. You know, he didn't know what to think. So the hound just just, I mean, buries it in his chest, and he's like, oh, man, yeah, I'm dying now. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, until I Choose Violence came around, I was so close to picking, like, uh, he, you know, when he yells, fuck you, he goes, come on, you can do better than that. And he goes, cunt! And he goes, you're shit at dying, you know that? That line. You're that, shit at dying, you know well, that? Um, yeah. Is that guy's cunt? See, it's like me, I, I can't, he said it like I would say it. Like it, it, it was with holdback still, and he was done. You know, yeah. like it's like a que- there's like a question mark at the end. Like yeah. he's searching for the hound's approval of his last word, which yeah. is hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Fuck you!" And he's like, "That was terrible." Come on, what else you got? Cunt. Uh, it was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the hound is. What a. That's my character. Uh, I went with the hound. I fucking loved him. Uh, I, I, there is obviously all sorts of shit he can do wrong, but he can't do any wrong. You know, like, like, I, I love everything this man does and him coming along and slaughtering these motherfuckers was fucking hilarious. Um, oh God. No, yeah. A lot of, cause the thing is, is that like, I don't think he know. Like, th- there's nothing about these guys that indicates they took part in the village massacre. I think he just walked up and started killing four guys. You're kind of right. He does just sprint at them and just take them out. Does he know that they're? Were they in the brotherhood or were they just? They are. They were. They were brotherhood without banners. So, like, they, I'm assuming okay. they. He knows where they're camping out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, there's. There's a way around it, but regardless, I thought yeah, it was hilarious that he just kills seen, these guys. Um, just I need to get some rage out, you know, just a yeah. little, a little killing, a little ultra violence. Well, I mean, like this is immediately what he does after, like he leaves the site of Brother Ray hanging with an axe, and this yeah. is immediately what he does. Uh, yeah. But uh, later on, Sandor stumbles upon a forest clearing where he finds that seven members of the Brotherhood, including their leaders. Beric Dondarrion and Thoros Amir are in the process of hanging Lem and the other two ren- and other two renegades for their role in the unauthorized attack on the village. And as the three condemned men stand on the blocks with nooses around their necks, the Hound explains that they killed his friend. And Thoros, you know, you have friends? And he goes, not anymore. 
Um, damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was a rough one. I was like, damn, man, I'll I'll be your friend, man. This shit, shit, man. No, he needs um, a, he needs a friend. He had Arya, lost her. Just needs a homie. Just yeah. needs a down ass bro. But uh, he's like, can I fucking kill them? Then is that is that cool with y'all? Um, and. They're like, no, probably not. Um, the Hound's like, they deserve a much worse death than hanging. And Beric's like, no, don't do that. Out of respect for your loss, you can kick one of the fucking yeah. blocks out from under them. Um, no, not not good enough. I need two. Um, yeah, it's like, really? This is all I'm getting? All right, well, at least give me two of them. Yeah. My God, uh, that's just, that's a shit deal. This is a um, shit deal, and he, you know, he complains, pointing out that in the days gone by, they would have, uh, they would have killed all seven of them to get his way, uh, mm-hmm. but ultimately agrees to let them simply hang, and muttering that yeah. having them hanged is too quick. Sandor kicks the blocks from under the feet of the two men, including Lem, and takes Lem's boots off for himself as the body is still twitching, um, and then he looks up as he's tying them on and goes, "Got anything to eat?" <laughs> um, yeah. If that doesn't kill your appetite, nothing's gonna. You know what I'm saying? Um Yeah, he's he's a killer. That's it. That's nothing to him. He he was hoping for a lot more than that. Mm. Uh, you know, if anything, that made him hungry, uh probably. Um Yeah, he's oh, for sure. That was that was nothing. He he got a, a, a nice new pair of boots too. Yeah. Um, Gotta love very, that. Very resourceful, you know, they were just gonna let, let that those clothes rot and go to waste. You know, how how wasteful of them. Uh, there's good clothes there. I mean, Damn obviously, shame. you don't have to eat. You know, that that's weird. You know, to leave that resource there. That's all right. But, like, all the right. clothes and shit. All all the their, you know. Somebody somebody could use them, I think. I mean, uh, shit. Come on. Where's the where's the nearest Goodwill here? Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> in West Coast. Is there any is is there any seller marching around selling wares, you know? Um yeah, I guess you got to carry shit. They don't really have cars, and yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's, it's tough. They got so carts though. But back. regardless, um, after the executions, the Hound joins the Brotherhood for a meal by a creek, and Barrack suggests that he should join up. You know, come with, come with us. You know, we let's do this shit. We're fighting for a greater cause, yeah. and that you know, cold winds are rising in the north. He says, and uh, the Hound is skeptical of their uh, chances of success and distrusts them due to the you know earlier acrimonious encounter with them i love when he arrived and he's like barrack i killed you once i'll fucking do it again yeah. you know um yeah oh when the the lord of light allowed you to beat me and he's like really no i was better than you before you blabbered about the fucking lord i was better <laughs> than you during the fight and i'm yeah. still better than you and yeah. barrack even was like yeah, you're probably right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Barak recognizes him as a fucking warrior, you know? He's like, yeah, and, you know, we're fighting against things that seek to destroy all life, so we need you. We need you on our side. And he then tells Sandor that it's never too late to help. Um, a close, close one for a line for me. Mm. Um, there are a lot of lines in this one, man. Oh, dude, like, it's, that's why I was like, this is one of the best, writ- like, dialogue-wise. Yeah. It's it's wow. nuts how good this one is, um, because that's typically where D and D really falter is that dia- their dialogue can be a little shoddy um, when it's just purely them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, this is they were cooking, they were cooking with this episode. 
Um, to be sure, but uh, like yeah, teams really wrote themselves. Really, I mean, like Arya's a little bit, um, but like this is like the house is an in betweener. You know, like this isn't really. Yeah, like there is so much creativeness behind the hounds lines. Like, dude just has a line for everything. Oh, everything. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I loved this scene where they're like, you know, we're here for a reason, and. You know, just thinking about where their story goes and where they end up, because all three of these dudes Man. are in the Suicide Squad I, beyond well, the wall. I need to get that poster back out, dude. I need to get a frame for it. I switched it out for Interstellar, uh, uh, and because I don't know, Star Wars and Interstellar, two movies, or I could have the Suicide Squad of Game of Thrones in a movie. Mm. Um, but still, still, no, I, I, uh, I love that. I, fucking, I love that poster. But Thoros, obviously, like. Don't know if you recall. Thoros dies on that mission. That's where we say goodbye to Thoros. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's in the service of bringing the dead back to King's Landing so that Cersei knows and maybe she'll send an army north. She doesn't, so it doesn't even fucking matter. Um, God damn But it. then Beric dies protecting Arya. Um, mm. Damn. And the what Hound... Saves Arya as well at a different point, and it's just like wow. that's that's their purpose, you know, because because the going north of the wall doesn't result in anything. That doesn't help anything. What does help is their interactions with Arya Stark, and that's fucking cool, you know. Like I love that shit. Wow. Um. Wow. She needed to be the one. She, I mean, mm -hmm. she, she needed the. The gods, their plan was to get rid of the Night King, it seems. That's the ultimate right. goal, you know, and... Defies Arya, everything they're about. They're like, yo, this should not happen. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they don't give a fuck about much, you know, killing, raping, all that shit. They're like, whatever. But the, yeah, right. the Night King, they're like, holy shit, this dude's they're got like, it. let the dead dude. rest, brother. Like, what are oh you looking Oh my god, yeah, they, they're uh, like, gotta stop this guy. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, to, to think about because like it's clear like, like the gods are just not chill with the night king at all no um, but uh yeah all the while uh brand of tarth and podrick Payne travel travel to river run and mm -hmm. they deliver sansa stark's they're trying to deliver sansa stark's letter to the blackfish and upon arriving they discover that the lannisters and Freys are besieging the castle and soon they are sur surrounded by several lannister horsemen brand tells them that she has come to see jamie lannister Tell him that I have his sword. Um, and while Brienne speaks with Jamie, Podrick is waiting in the camp when he is suddenly put in a chokehold by an unseen figure who is revealed to be Braun. And if there's Let's like a happy-go-lucky fuck-yeah scene I almost went with, it was this one. I Let's fucking loved go. the pod and Braun reunion. Uh, oh, man. No, it was awesome. They even even mentioned the god Rod. You know, he's yes. like, dude, he's You're like, the one with the magic cock. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, that's right. He was like, oh, you think they're fucking in there? You know, dude. Like, just uh, everything about this is an incredible interaction. Again, how this is written by D and D, I have no fucking clue. Like, this was an incredible scene, and it's one of the most inconsequential. This is just for this is possibly the most fan service moment of the season. Yeah. You know, like. Everyone loves Podrick. Everyone loves Braun. Let's give them a little reunion real quick. Um, and this whole thing where, you know, he's... Braun is 
excited to see pod you know like he, he he's got an energy about him and you know he's he's like uh ah you think they're fucking in there i would you would i know you would and he's like uh no no that's she hey. no i'm i'm her squire yeah. um she's oh, teaching squire. me to fight yeah. and he's like oh yeah you think i now how the fuck could i sneak up on you and choke you and murder you like that and he's yeah. like well you know that's a whole different sort of fighting and bronze like you want to learn how to do that sort of fighting? And then, like, the little, like, boyish, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah do. please. Yeah, teach me. All right, lesson number one. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, look. You're, you spread your feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to hit a squire. Always expect the unexpected. You look, yeah. It's, you know, it's just the classic. You yeah. Know? I'm going to I'm gonna hit you when you're not looking. Um, dirty fighting. You got to learn a little bit of that, you know, in this world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love, I love the like pullback into the tent with Jamie and Brienne as it like zooms, it it zooms out, but it shows them still like, again, actually goes into a lesson after that, like that. And I know it was a lesson, but it's like, he's actually going to teach him. It's actually a good moment between Bron and pod, which is super cute, man. I loved it. Uh, Oh yeah. No. Phenomenal. D and D. And the, just the setup, this this reunion, and then you jump into uh, Brienne and Jamie. Yeah, the next know, reunion. Like, yeah, man, it's just I don't know. They they, they this did a, scene. A great job. This scene made me realize that ever since Jamie got back to King's Landing, essentially, he's been a complete and utter fucking non-factor. I was like, has Bro been in any fucking episode? Like he started talking on screen, and I was like for an extended period of time and i was yeah. like how oh, yeah. long has it been since he had a fucking like, scene like yeah, this like, oh yeah you're jamie lannister you're kind of like the acting tywin right now uh for the lannister family you know like in this scene it it, it does he does mirror tywin like just the red tent um, oh yeah i wish i wish he was doing something badass whenever brienne walked in it would have just made it even more clear um, but I, I think he's trying to mimic Tywin a little bit. Oh, to a degree, um, certainly. And but, but no, he's he's definitely still a little. He's 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 more fucked up than even Tywin is. Yeah, I shouldn't say since he got back to King's Landing. You know, he did. Uh, you know, he freed Tyrion and stuff. They had some good moments. It's it like season six anyway. Like, what's happened? I feel like season five and season five, he goes to like, um, Dorn. So we get a lot of stuff there. That's season five, right? Like, I'm not tripping. Yeah. It, Cause yeah, Marcella died. Um, that... at the end of season five. That's the... Yeah, that's the end. So yeah, he's in Dorn. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Season six, I feel like he's been a f- complete and utter oh, nothing it. burger. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He talked to Tommen. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time. Talked to Tommen. Like, talked to Cersei last episode, and talks to Brienne in this one. I can't think of a single other thing he's done. Um, which uh, reminded me uh, this interaction here, where Jamie and Brienne meet here in the tent while Brienne is found. You know, Sansa. Their situation is complicated by a bounty that Cersei has placed on Sansa's head, and. Brienne tells Jamie that, you know, she has come to secure uh, the Blackfish's help in seeking reinforcements for her campaign to retake Winterfell from the Boltons. 
And uh, this is not possible because Jamie is laying siege to River Run. Um, I loved the whole, like, uh, they get, like, heated for a second. And he goes, we shouldn't talk politics. Yeah. Um, bro, yeah, like, what? what you're talking about is uh, not strictly politics, I don't think. Um, politics you're debating the morality Lannister. of your war. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's politics if you're a Lannister. It's all the... He he explains it ex- expressively or expressively ex- ex- expressly extensively. Um, maybe is what I was looking for. Yeah, to Edmure here later on. I think why he mm. he uh, he sees it as uh, politics. That's it yeah. to him. Um, but yeah, Jamie, yeah, this- you know, ultimately he does agree. You know, but uh, you know, Brienne also tries to return her sword, Oathkeeper, mm. because the use it was lent to her for has been fulfilled. And Jamie tells her to keep it. It is hers. And it will always be hers. And she reminds him that should she fail to get the Blackfish to surrender, her oath to Lady Catelyn would compel her to fight against Jamie. And clearly moved by his admiration for her, Jamie replies, Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Um Yeah. Yeah. Solid moment, you know. Um uh, just kind of I don't know what felt so fucking hollow about this from a character perspective because, you know, we talked, I texted you last night as I was watching this, like, it just made me realize how much I will never forgive Jamie for, I I don't know, uh, sexually assaulting uh, his sister Mm -hmm. at the grave of their son. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the real emphasis, but uh, just on top of that, in a uh, in a place of worship. So, like, that's another thing. That's just like uh, that's just another little layer there. Uh, I don't really mind that part. The, wherever it happens is bad, but it feels like particularly icky uh, yeah. in in that scenario. Uh, and here's yeah. that was like t- almost two whole seasons ago, or over two whole seasons ago. Now, um, that was season four, episode three, and he's done a lot since then. Uh, you know, he freed Tyrion. Um, he went to, he went to Dorne and he, um, and he saved, he, he freed Marcella. He might not have saved her and freeing her might have been a stretch, but there were some great scenes between them that were mm. genuinely moving. I do not know what it was about this scene that made me go, fuck you, you pig. I don't know what it was, what energy he was emanating. I think it's because Brienne brings something out in him that I just don't buy, you know? Um, She is like, she's pure good. You're seeing pure good stand next to, like, basically pure evil uh, mm. with Jamie. Like, he's he's evil with a a nice facade. Um, and, And, like, it's... Because with Edmure, that scene, I mean, you are supposed to hate him. Yes, like, yes. I mean, like that That's is- what was surprising, is that, and, like, we got to that scene later, and it made me think maybe there's something here yeah, that they're trying part. to allude to a little bit. I think um, you're right. You hit the nail. Like, you hit it right on the nose saying, like, he's saying this is politics to him. Like, holy shit, you're fucking delusional. You know, like, yeah. he, he, like, the dude, let, it's. I don't know. I, I, I remember always watching this show, especially in season seven and eight or more where this comes around. They, I'm reminded how fucking accelerated his redemption arc is. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah, hard. We're, we're it, almost done. Oh shit! We're almost like holy. And shit. that's the thing is that I do not remember feeling that way. You know, I know he like freed Tyrion. He has the moment with Marcella, and maybe I focus yeah. more on that in previous watches. But, bro, like he he's. I feel like he's trying to convince himself that he's capable of good, but he is just rotten to the fucking core. Like there's mm. nothing he can do at this point to change who he is. Um, yeah. And maybe that'll end up making me like the general outline of his ending more. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm, I we'll see when we get there, but regardless, I'm in a astonishingly yeah. negative place with Jamie Lannister. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And that was the, I mean, that was the good scene cool. with him in this, in this one, as far as like likability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he gets, and that's the thing. I, I ended up giving them the performance for the episode. I hate everything about him. And I'm like, dude. I'm on your side, but like, man, does he play that part? No, Nikolaj oh. Koster Waldau, I don't want to undersell him at all. Like, uh, the character yeah. fucking sucks, but it's because oh. he does such a great job at portraying him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, no, I, I had, I had to go with him. Uh, and I mean, even like, he, he's just, he has a lot of screen time as well. The river run, uh, siege is is quite a lot of the runtime. Uh, him mm-hmm. with Brienne and and him like going into River. I mean, there's a, there's a lot with them. Um, so I I just thought it was it was very impressive that he held it for the whole episode and just held that shittiness to no, him. He's good man. Like that Nicholas whole Waldau yeah. is uh quite the performer here. But uh, mm-hmm. later on, Brienne and Podrick enter River Run to negotiate with the Blackfish. However, um. He's refusing outright, as Jamie said, you know, he's even more stubborn than you are. Um, and Brienne then tells him of her, of her oath to his uh, grandniece Sansa and shows him Sansa's letter. And while sympathetic, uh, he's like, I get it. She wants to take back her home, but this is my home, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to hold it while I can. Um, and he can't help. So Brienne tells Pod to get the maester to fetch a raven. We have to send a message to Sansa. Telling her, I failed. God dang it, Brienne. Brienne, I feel like you're being a little tough on yourself. Um, yeah, because it was even like at first she was like, tell her, um, tell her we failed maybe. And then she was like, no. She specifically stopped him and was like, no. Tell her tell I, I failed. I was like, man, no, like. Brienne, this was going to be a tough sell for anyone. Sansa showing up wouldn't have been enough. Dude, like, there's nothing they could have done to get the Blackfish's help. That's just the way it is. Um, Yeah. Yeah, dude was... And the sad thing is, is he was kind of, like, he's right in the rest of the... You know, he's, like, the only kind of guy thinking logically. mm -hmm. uh, Whenever they're like, oh, but that's our lord. Uh, We have to let him in. Mindless fucking drones. What are you goddamn idiots? He's like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, but yeah, it's, it's like right here. He's he just wants. I think uh, Jamie was right. He just wants a good death. That's all he yeah. can hope for now. Um, but but I uh, mean, he's also honorable. He's sticking by his home. You know, sticking absolutely, to his room, absolutely. So it's what. But, he's uh, to yeah. Later on, Jamie visits the captive Admir Tully and apologizes for the conduct of the phrase. I'm so sorry. Is there anything I can get you? You know, what What can I do for you? And Edmure is still defiant and uh, insists that his uncle will not surrender River Run. And Jamie then informs Edmure that he had sired a son with Rosalind Tully. And Edmure's like, yeah, no, I've never met my fucking son. I know I haven't seen my wife since that first night. 
I'm living a great life, Jamie. Thank you. Um, Eesh. And he's yeah. like, if you if you can convince the Blackfish to surrender, you know, we can set you up with a nice place in Casterly Rock, you know, and everything will be okay. Everything can be cool. You know, we can give your son a proper education, some lands when he comes of age, and, you know, one day he could be a great lord. And Edmure's like, you're, you're fucking vile. You know that? Mm. You're a disgusting piece of shit. And uh, Jamer yeah. responds that he would let the gods decide. And Edmure's like, oh, how fucking great for you. You know, yeah. uh, that, like, I I was close to giving Edmure the performance, uh, not the performance, uh, his performance is great, uh, but the character for this one. Um, yeah. I, I, I yeah. love this interaction. And frankly, after my feelings about Jamie from earlier in the episode, I was like, tell him, Edmure. You yeah. know, I was like, let him know, Eddie. Uh, I, think, I think it's kind of hilarious that like someone as small of a factor as Edmure is like talking down to Jamie Lannister. You know, it's like it's Edmure Tully telling Jamie Lannister undeniable truths, you know, or like questioning like, hey, man, dude, I just I really want delivery to know. of the line when he goes, hey, uh, t- tell me something. How do you sleep at night? Yeah. I was like, live with yourself. Yes. Yeah. Like we all have to tell ourselves we're decent, right? To like sleep at night. Like, how do you live with yourself, man? How like help truly you? Like he's like, how? Like I want to know. He's like, I am so like it's un. I can't even fathom what you'd even say to this. And yeah, Jamie, his answer is is uh, well, now we fucking hate him. You know, strike of mm-hmm. five hundred. I don't know uh, for this. I don't know. He was on a roll. Yeah, um, but no, yeah, Jamie. You know, he he recounts his time as a captive of Catelyn Stark, Edmure's sister, and how uh, how she struck him with a stone. Um, and you know, Edmure's like she should have killed you, and he's like, yeah, probably, but you know, despite her hatred for me, you know, I I respected her a, a ton. Her undying love for her children far more than I ever respected her her husband or her her son Rob, you know. Um and Jamie compares Catelyn's love for her children to Cersei's love for their own. Um and Edmure's like, Ugh, you fucking disgusting fuck. I don't like stop talking about my sister. Keep yeah. my sister's name out your fucking mouth. Yeah, um, he does try to break free. He's like, God yeah. the fuck, you know. He's yeah. like, I would slap you. Uh yeah, no, but yeah, it, evil uh, Jamie is, you know, even like get in his face too. like, he's like, oh, no, I'll I'll talk about whatever I want, dude. And no, I and know. You, like, and here's the thing, Ed. Yeah, you're my prisoner. I'm going to talk how I want to talk. All right. You're going to sit there and fucking listen. I love my children and Cersei loves our children so much that I would kill every Tully to get back to her. I will put your fucking son in a catapult and launch him over the wall and kill every Tully who stands between me and my sister because she is the only thing. Honestly, kind of funny. The baby oh, hilarious. line. I mean, I, Dude, I know it's, it's gruesome and brutal. Deeply but like, fucked up. A hilarious threat. Uh, the visual. Just the visual. I mean, from both sides. Seeing the baby be launched, would you? I mean, it's... I love to imagine Braun sitting there, like, as that's happening, being like, Jesus fucking Christ, you know? Like, Braun Braun will do some shit. Braun will do some fucked up shit. Yeah. He would not. He would not do that unless, of course, they paid him well. But, like, uh... 
I mean, Jamie's just doing it because he fucking can. Imagine uh, being a bystander. Three spots I think are hilarious. You need to the three viewpoints. One is from the catapult. You see it just launch. I, yeah, funny. And then right in the middle, like if you just see, a, you know, you didn't know it's launched. You just see a baby just, just you fly overhead, you know, and it's just going. Yeah. And then the third is is you see where the baby lands, you know, it's just a baby comes out of no, that would actually know that one would be the worst. That would be pretty uh, fucked up. Mind. I think never that mind. the middle the is definitely the place. Uh, that's definitely the funny one. Um, just, ah, you know, just like, and what the fuck you'd be like, what oh, the fuck was that? How uh, did that just happen? You know, you'd be like, yeah. a baby would have to be launched out of a catapult. Like you, yeah. that's like, I don't know. Do you even get there? I don't know. Dude, um, I don't fucking know. Uh, but regardless, uh, wonderful scene. Wonderful yeah. scene. Nikolaj Kosterwald out did incredible. Admir was uh, the the best scene Admir will have or uh, has had far and away. Well, not um, when he stands up to be the king of the seven kingdoms. You don't think that that's his, his most heroic moment? It's it's probably his funniest scene. He has, he has his most uh, admirable scene here. He has his weakest, most bitchiest scene mm-hmm. much earlier whenever Rob was like, so tell me, what mm-hmm. the fuck did you think we were going to do there? Tell, just tell me, uncle. The fuck is up? You know, remember that whole thing? Hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he stands up and gets bitched by his niece later in the show whenever he stands up to be king. So, like. The fact yeah. that his sister's kids just have no fucking respect for him is so fucking funny. Uh, oh, poor Edmure Tolly. But you kind of yeah, did. you know, man. <laughs> um, his spirit was kind of broken as he seemingly accepts Jamie's offer here and uh, walks back to the ca- castle with a torch in hand, and he announces himself as the rightful lord and convinces the guards to lay down the drawbridge despite the protests of the Blackfish. Um, Blackfish is like, you fucking morons. This is not going well. That is basically Jamie Lannister out there. That is the Kingslayer. And the guards obey Admir ultimately because they have sworn an oath of fealty to the Hoster Tully and his son. Uh, this is why this methodology is just grand. Uh, love. This is wow. why lords and lordship works. Um, yeah. Uh, he's my lord, my lord. You know, it, yeah. it, it, like they're literally saying, it's just like, what the fuck are you just What are we cooking here, bro? Shut the fuck up. This is obviously a trap. This is a Trojan <laughs> horse, dude. A one-man Trojan horse, and you're getting played. Um, and they know they're getting played. Like, yeah. that's what's even more fucked up, is that they're like, well, honor tells me I have to let him through the gates. Oh. Logic tells me that's the wrong fucking choice mm-hmm. in every single goddamn way. Yep. I'm going to let him in. Um, and then, after they let him in, he's like... Lower the bridge. Low, uh, throw all your weapons down, and they're like, "Are you sure?" You know, they're like, "Really? Oh, uh, okay, my Gee, lord, golly, sir. Okay, I like, guess you pussies. What an absolute fucking joke of a people, the Tullys. One thing though, goddamn, was this whole thing lit? So, like the passing of of the night, like the night, mm, like yes. oh, it was lit so well, and like. It, like there's a moonlight on Jamie whenever he's like, wait, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I just want to make sure I get the visual down. Mm-hmm. Not that was like the best I think it looked was like just very pale moonlight, like just uh, 
very dark, but you could still see Jamie's waving goodbye to Brienne and Podrick right. as they're seeing way. And I was like, oh, oh my god. It felt like a Michael Mann kind of uh, light blue a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little, little, that's the hand you choose to wave with, dog? You know, I mean, fair enough. That's just it heavier. Just a little funny. Um, heavier. That's like a workout. Like, yeah, imagine sure. Like, that's heavy. I don't know. That's yeah. a dumbbell. You have a dumbbell yeah. attached to your arm at all times. Yeah, right. Um, no, but, but uh, yeah, no, it doesn't go well for them. Admir climbs the ramparts and orders the Tully Garrison to lay down their arms. And Jamie and the Lannister and Frey hosts then march into River Run and occupy the castle. Um, mm-hmm. And Edmure then orders his men to find and put the Blackfish in chains and hand them over to the Freys. However, the Blackfish has already escaped. At one of the castle's exits, he helps Brienne and Podrick into a boat, and Brienne tries to convince the Blackfish to come along. But he insists on not running away from this fight, like a goddamn moron. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I haven't had a good sword fight in years. I'm assuming I'm gonna all the more a- reason to stick around, then, huh? He literally says, um, "I'm literally going to make a fool of myself," or "I'm probably going to make a fool of myself." It's like, yeah, you will. Uh, you're running into an entire Lannister army. Um, if you get through these couple guards, what are you gonna do then? Um, he just yeah. wants a good death. Jamie was yeah. right, you know. It's stupid yep. yep. as He's... shit, but whatever. For a dude who's been so overwhelmingly cool and smart throughout the show, for him to be this stubborn and masculine mm-hmm. really bothered me. Maybe it's uh, a not, little not bit of that. Characterization um... wise, just like, like it's fine. I believe the character would be like this. I'm just like, ugh, you piece okay. of shit. Come on, man. Maybe a little insider um, tie here. He's like, oh, fuck, Mike, Michael, maybe? I don't know. The CNN or the uh, 60-minute, the host that speaks yeah, on yeah. camera. Is that Mike? Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. Um, saying that, like, you, that you're remembered for the last thing you do. And if the last yeah. thing he did was give up his home to the Lannister army and then died, that would suck. Mm-hmm. But if he goes out fighting that very thing you know that's that's what he's remembered for Um, and yeah i suppose brienne and podrick can tell that story now um Mm -hmm. yeah because the lannisters won't (laughs) yeah yeah they're gonna tell it at all they're just gonna be like yeah we what we just fucking it it was the easiest take they're not even gonna write it down we're like yeah we took over river run in one day exactly Uh, the phrase sure as shit won't give them that love they fucking hate the tullies you know um yes but it lasted like what a couple days maybe yeah like was it was it it even a couple days not not long lasting to be sure probably a couple weeks we do a lot of traveling and yeah, true. Fast traveling in the last couple and then episodes. Jamie shows um, up. The siege is already yeah. there, and then Jamie has to show up. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's sad. sad. Yeah, no, it is. But uh, he tells that's Brienne to continue blasted. serving Sansa and uh, assures her that she will do a better job of it than he has done. And as Brienne and Podrick escape, the Blackfish stays behind for a final stand. And on the ramparts, Jamie is informed of the Blackfish's death. He then sees Brienne and Podrick rolling away on their boat, and he quietly waves goodbye. And Brienne waves back. And that will be the conclusion of our episode. There we go. Um, wow. Yeah, a lot of deaths. Uh, I love the firsts and the deaths category beginning with Steve. 
Um, yeah, who's Steve? I'm assuming it's the dude uh, who uh, who gets it's the uh, nice. It, it was the yep. He got the finger up the ass. That's Steve. Nah, poor Steve. Um, damn. Wow, that's his only. That's his. That's so sad. His wiki page. <laughs> Steve stands and is on the receiving end of a prank <laughs> when Gantis get, got got gotten's gatton's gatton's sticks his finger down the back of steve's pants oh yeah this is not it, it's not credited to be gatton's first appearance therefore i think it's safe to assume he did appear at the village last episode or the episode before ah uh, um, yes yes he did yes. he did on that, at his wiki page there you go but he did die dub that's huge good thank god he died all right there's our confirmation. That's everything and we the needed. Hound didn't just kill random people. He saw that exactly. guy and was like, "Oh, you're getting the death. You're getting the slow one, bud." Um, so, yeah, no, we... that was a goodie. That was a goodie. But, uh, dude, this one, I think for me personally, uh, rating this, we're looking at a ten enjoyment. I fucking loved this episode. No, no um, hesitation whatsoever. And critically, um, <sighs> damn, dude, they were cooking something up you know D D got helped maybe they had a ghost writer this episode right. i don't know maybe george yeah george just i have uh, a feeling george rr R. martin had a little bit of something to do with this like, one. hey maybe a little bit of the cog man in yeah. there you know maybe george's like hey i the show i see it's going awry let me steer you back on track guys uh he sent them little because notes. that's the thing that i'm i'm gonna give D credit for is that this one felt the most like the ones written by George R. R. Martin in the early yeah. seasons for the first time in fucking forever. Like it's, it's it so good. Great. It was incredible. I mean, have we ever given one a 10? I don't think we have, right? We gave a house of the dragon um, episode of 10. It was a different. It was a different time. It was a different time, a different True. system. True. Yeah. We have never given a 10. We have given nine, seven fives. I, I mean, shit let's see nine seven five uh the hard home okay yeah uh that one was incredible got my from dolores said love that one um i will say while i think this one was incredibly well written and does call to the thrones of old i don't think that visually it was as uh mm -hmm. significant as some of yeah. the stuff we've also seen this season um not a baylor um it is it no, is not it's it's a, a fine a it's a fine looking episode of television yeah mm -hmm. uh but it does look a little bit more like a typical episode of television which i mean can't take it down a whole lot but i think that given how we have seen the show look and some of the settings they were in lended itself to some gorgeous visuals if they would have acted mm -hmm. on it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that oh, Bravos yeah. they make great use of that. That was great, um, yeah. The waif, the 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 lower angle shot of her running. That was definitely like the place that, where the visually fruit. I feel like they really yeah. fired on all cylinders. Yeah, that um, is a sad. That's probably the saddest goodbye out of all of this is Bravos. Um, yeah. And we're we're kind of saying goodbye to Bravos, yeah. and if we do get it, it's just the Iron Bank or whatever. Right, right. Nothing important though. Yeah, I, you know, I think I think I'm cool with like a nine five. You know, I think we're there. That's what we gave the door uh, this season. Um, I think that was a better looking episode, and this one was a better written episode. Yeah. You know, like there's a balance yeah, there. Yeah, there we go, and it ties it with the door at a nine six seven and a ninety seven percent. If you go there. Uh, the good old, let's see, 
Um, I did have it pulled up on IMDb. They gave it an 8.3 out of 10. I think it's an underrated one coming the weeks, the week before. Yeah. 9.9 for battle of the bastards and a 9.9 for winds of winter. Not going to lie. You were asking a little bit ago, have we ever given them an episode of tens across the board? And I think we might be arriving there soon. Um, That is what the populace says. Um, Right. I mean, that's incredible. A 9.9. Dude. Yeah. No, it's it's a great fucking episode. And I'm so excited to celebrate the new year with the Battle of the Bastards. Here comes the Battle of. Here comes the Battle of. The Battle of the Bastards. I'm fucking ready. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas um, and a happy Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> um, I'm so very excited. What a what a way to what a way to get Christmas in in today. You know, I'm I'm sure not a lot of you will be listening on Christmas, but if you are, man, mm-hmm. God damn, do we love you? That's so fuck. That's like you're incredible. dedicating time of your holiday to us. That's that is so sweet incredible. of you, man. I like uh, that. That's gift enough for me. You know, uh, I I love yeah. that. Um, but uh, with that, we will conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of book reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, and the like. For $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at pennybloompod, follow on letterboxd at pennybloompod, follow on Instagram at pennybloompodcast, and remember to leave a five-star rate and review. Remember to keep downloading as we continue to pump out episodes. 2023 is coming to a close here soon, and with it, we only have two episodes left on the year as far as a regular scheduled programming. You know, sometimes we do like year-end review, or we've done every year the show's existed, a year-end review for pop culture, but whether that's early next year or the end of this year. Who knows? Don't know yet. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, on Wednesday, we will top off our Michael Mann director spotlight with Ferrari, as me and Joe are seeing that in theaters tomorrow, which I am so very excited about. Um, mm-hmm. That'll be out on the 27th. And then this Friday, we top off the year. A great year. The best year for the podcast yet. Please. Green Lantern. Yep, that's that's how we top off the year. So can't wait for that. You know, maybe we slip in the year in review on January December 31st. Might not be a bad idea. Might be the time for it, I would say. Green Lantern, maybe. Yeah, like that's that's probably the way to go, you know. Get in the best movies of the year, that sort of thing. I think that's a, I think it's a move. You know, we did it last year for movies and TV, and that was a fun episode. So, um, yeah, I think we'll get that in. But uh, with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom, and I choose violence.